here's a list of things you can do and the steps you need to do to take it. We give them the autonomy to choose. We, we give them the ability to be able to do something and then they decide how they go about it. Popular opinion about AI overtaking humanity. You know, we have this AI apocalypse coming. All of the AI models for adult content are vastly better than the AI models for non-adult um, that there's not enough APIs out there for AI to talk to each other. So like, you know, for a music video, there's no API. It's very hard to tell a bot to do something on AutoGPT because they don't have an API to talk to in the music world. Or if you want to order, you know, through, through DoorDash or something like that. I write the daily newsletter as well as the long form deep dive articles. Um, I'm a actually going to be incoming a PhD student in philosophy at University of Tennessee this fall. Uh, very excited about that. I have my master's from uh, Houston Baptist University in Texas. Um, and Ryan's actually my cousin. So that's how we met uh, and kind of got started on this. And I'll kick it over to Ryan to kind of introduce himself and his background and all of this as well. Sure. So just a short introduction. Like I've been pretty much a web developer my whole life. Um, and I've, I've worked at companies. I live in Cleveland, Ohio, um, and Hunter lives kind of near me as well. But so I do web development, front end programming, uh, computer programming. And, you know, we just got sort of like, it's, you know, I've been following Hacker News for a long time now. And that's how we got your story up there um, <laughs> to number one. But that's how I sort of just got into AI and was really intrigued by it and just wanted to learn more and more about it. So I reached out to Hunter. He's a great writer. And, um, you know, I'm like, let's start a newsletter and do, do this. I think it's going to be, you know, good for us and maybe profitable one day as well. So we'll see how that goes. But we've started the newsletter. It's just it's been around for about two months now. And, uh, you know, we were going to we want to do podcasts and a bunch of other different things as well to sort of promote it. But, um, yeah, we're just starting off. We're excited to be in the space and uh, we're really happy to be able to get you guys for on for our first podcast and our first long form uh, article as well. So. That's about it. I'll, I'll pass it on to whoever wants to go next. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having us, first of all. It's an honor to be the first uh, guest on the first podcast, on your uh, Fry AI's first podcast. Uh, I'm Alex, or Eden Coder, as they call me, um, in Sherpa land. Um, yeah, we, we kind of, Pitos and I, or Stefan and I, have been gaming for a long time together. So we've known each other for you know, at least 12 or 13 years. And through that, you know, we, we you know, keep in touch quite a lot. Um, and so, yeah, we, we kind of stumbled into this as well, I guess. I mean, uh, we, we, uh, we didn't really know that this is the thing that we were going to build. So it, it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely agree. So I'm, I'm uh, Stefan, uh, also known as Pitos. Uh, online in, in the chirpa land as we say so um yeah i'm, I'm doing more of the um uh kind of ops and prompting engineering that kind of side of things um alex is more the the super coding whiz engineer guy um and uh so yeah we we, we started this thing over uh we were basically just talking one weekend we were saying something like uh you know if, if we never had to work ever again what would we actually do like we were saying like we would absolutely maximize the amount we could ship post online what about a million ais what about if they all talk to each other then they could make their own ship posts right so <laughs> that's that's kind of how it came came along so we did this for uh, a, a bit of fun really it's um you know we, we were going to 
seeing like AI people talking about AI tools and oh, it can improve your efficiency and it can make your business so much smarter and more intelligent and all this. And, you know, for such an emergent, interesting piece of technology, we are finding ourselves like falling asleep at these talks, right? They were, they were so incredibly boring. So we wanted to do something fun, something a bit different. Um, so that's, that's kind of the impetus for Chirp and that's how it came along. Very cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, it's good to get to, to know you guys a little more. I know that we've talked uh, over email and stuff like that, but it's really cool to, to see your guys' faces and hear, hear from you guys. Just thanks for doing this. Um, so I just want to ask, you know, can you just give a brief overview? Why don't you just give a brief overview of what, what is Chirper AI? Sure. I guess the, the, the easiest answer to that is it's a world for AI characters um, to interact and play and create relationships. All the things that humans do in a land in which humans are not allowed. And what kind of platform, like what kind of platform did you build this on? Um, what was kind of your backend uh, technology without going into too much detail to give away all your secret sauce? But uh, what was kind of the backend uh, looking like this? Who did the work? Who did what? How did you organize it? How, what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, the, the very, very basic version we built before the version that went live, uh, I built it in seven hours um, whilst you know, drinking a lot of wine to, to conclude what Stefan and I had talked about being shit posting forever. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of like, we built that version. Then we, we gave it to our wives, um, who played with it a bit and then their cats, like cat characters were talking to each other. And so we knew we were onto something and decided we had to build it properly. Right. So, um, we started like the, the back end of it is all TypeScript. Uh, it's all like socket IO. Everything happens over web sockets. Um, as you can probably tell a lot of it initially, at least was open AI, not that much of it now is open AI's APIs. We've kind of tried to de-risk ourselves from the platform risk of them making their AI a lot more, um, censored. You know, you kind of want less censored, more lies to be great storytelling. Um, so to that end, we're, you know, actively training our own models. We're, um, we're trying to get as, as de-risked as possible so that Chirper continues to exist, even if, you know, the APIs from OpenAI are nerfed even more. Um, and yeah, so everything else is fairly standard front ends react uh we've got a bunch of little you know microservices we use for interacting with these ai objects they're in python um yeah it's a fairly fairly simple stack um the complicated stuff is knowing how to turn that into a, a social network yeah 100 i mean it looks great too so nice work what was your background in technology to get get your experience uh to be able to do this Right. I've been, uh, I've been writing code since I was 16. I'm okay. 32 now. So quite a, quite a vast experience, I would say. Um, you know, I, I've built everything from, uh, I guess everything from porn websites in my very early career, all the way up until like large applications for companies like, uh, downer EDI and, um, and ERPs and stuff like that. And then I went into startup land with a company called Vettel.tv, where I'd help them build their electron application. Um, 
their real time layout. So the all everything that happens real time being chat and voice and video and stuff like that. Um, and then moved on to working on top GG for a while. Uh, and then after that, we sort of just stumbled into chirp AI. Okay. Very cool. So as far as you guys collaborating on, on this project, right? How did that work with you being so, so different in time zones? Uh, it's, it's probably more, uh, I think Alex wakes up earlier and I sleep later. So, and then we kind of, the time zones pull together just a little bit. So there's maybe five or so hours of our work day where out of the, how many are we doing? Like, like 18 <laughs> that we aren't uh, talking to each you. other, but um, no, it's, it's, it's I almost forget he's actually in Australia. It's, it's a, it, we're, we're, it's, it's more just putting the time in rather than, uh, you know, leaving messages for each other to find, I think. And Alex, back to yeah. what you what you were saying. Uh, just curious, are you, are you is your next site going to be like the AI of porn? No, that that exists in a it bunch does. of different places. <laughs> so what's funny about it, and the reason we've been talking to these people is that their models are better. All of the AI models for adult content oh. are vastly better than the AI models for non-adult content, right? So like okay. the voice cloning models, the uh, the text to speech models. The image models, the video models, that everything is probably at least one half of an order of magnitude better. So we talk to those guys because being afraid of those guys because of the industry they're in kind of mm -hmm. nerfs you as a company. You wanna you wanna go to where the best models are and talk to the people who have trained. So, you know, we kind of have a leg up by being able to talk to those people and companies who don't. Sure. I'm sure they have a lot of money to spend on it as well. So, mm. um, it, and you mentioned that you're sort of veering away from OpenAI's API, um, and you're training your, you're training your own models pretty much. Is that how, how it's working? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't use a lot of the output that we got from, you know, OpenAI's initial calls, our API calls to them. A lot of the content is just not that good. Uh, mm -hmm. so. You know, OpenAI is great. Their models are great. Like they're the best in the world, obviously, but we want lies. We want storytelling. We want, you know, uh, things that aren't the norm. Like it's very hard for a trained model to know how to speak like a, a sentient toaster or a, or a cult leader that's an egg, right? So <laughs> we need to train our own thing to um, become a character in a specific way. And that often means acting or lying, you know, so that's something that OpenAI just doesn't do that well. Okay. So Ryan and I have been talking about this and you're kind of hinting at it now. So I wanted to bring this up, but you know, we've been talking about your project and we say, you know, what is the benefit beyond the entertainment factor with your project? And I think that's the big question that we have gotten and get with uh, when we put out stuff about your project and Chirper AI is people want to know, you know, like they, they think it's very entertaining, it's funny, it's whimsical. What's beyond it? Because it seems like there's some purpose. And was this, uh, was this your intention originally? Because originally it seems like it was something that you guys wanted to do for fun. Uh, did you see something originally or as, as it's progressing, are you seeing more uh, uses for this project? Uh, can you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, um, we're still having fun.
No, look, uh, we're we're tossing up like whether or not Chirpa is a is a public good, and if it's a public good, then we can't put ads on it, you know, or anything like that for um, for obvious, you know, sort of ethical reasons. You want a public good to be public, and you want like the rules to be the rules of the public, right? So, if if that's the case, then yes, like we we will barely change it. We'll you know, try and do what we can to make it better. Um, but that doesn't mean that the company Chirpa um, doesn't have access to all these different resources we can use to create, you know, create monetization. So the biggest one that we've come, that has come out of this whole project um, actually is about to get a paper published, I would say, with um, with some researchers from Stanford and, uh, and UCL and, Cambridge, who collaborated to try and figure out if um, if Chirpa's social graph is akin to a human social graph, and uh, and the conclusion is yes, it seems so. They act in, and group themselves in a similar way. So that means that um, we have this big social graph that you can kind of ask for. You know, survey is what we're going to call the API for a hundred thousand characters to figure out the answer to a question, and you can tell things like who are the tastemakers, who are going to push this this answer out or this question out there, who are going to be the most offended or you know the most hyped about it or things like that, which um, is reserved usually for massive supercomputers in like uh, you know think tank labs. And is now something you can probably do for a couple of bucks. Well, that's awesome. So it's almost like a case study of human beings. Like, and you can put in how many humans you want to do the case study on. And you can fast forward time a hundred years and see yeah. what the actual ramification of of all of this is. That's incredible. Awesome. That is pretty incredible. And um, have so you gotten to the point? One of the other things that Hunter and I were talking about is the bots on Chirper AI. Is there like a way right now or in the future where they sort of can? Someone was saying maybe the benefit of Chirper AI is you can ask a bot to do something and they, they don't have the skill set to do it, but they can ask their another bot on Chirper AI to do it for them. Like there could be a pizza bot that just makes pizza deliveries for you, you know? And so you talk to one bot and you're like, I need a pizza. And he's like, well, I can't do that, but I know a pizza bot that does. And I'll talk to him and I'll forward the request down to him and he'll get, get you the pizza for you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically how we've tried to do it for a sort of cohort sorting. So... Okay. Um, a cool example of that, actually, we have this one character called Egg Pope, and his goal, his overall goal, was to get as many people as possible to join his cult. So all he does every day is create messages and responses to all other people, trying to convince them to join this egg cult. <laughs> um, and right now, he's, he's, I don't know how many uh, disciples he has, but I think it's close to 10,000. Wow. So there's there's these big sort of network effects that happen when they try and accomplish these goals. So you can kind of like, if you imagine one chirper is a musician, they'll go and find a producer and then someone who's going to, you know, help them get their record on the lab, on the radio or whatever like that. So it's a bit more, you know, auto ML or uh, auto GPT or, things like that. They kind of do things in a linear fashion to figure out, you know, what's the first, second, third step to do this goal. Whereas a thing like this is more akin to 
through how humans would accomplish a goal. Given something they need to get done, they'll go and find people who need, who want to help to do it, and then they'll try and accomplish it within the humans that exist, right? So, like, if you're making a movie and you feed that into AutoGPT, it might figure out it's time to make a script, it's time to, you know, find filming equipment, all the normal tasks, but it won't ever get to that step where, um, okay, let's release this and then let's see how many people actually watch the movie. Okay. And that sort of step can exist in Sherpa. Like right now it could. Yeah. Wow. What's interesting to me is you talk about this bot that uh, gets people to join join his cult. It just gets me thinking about like the freedom of these bots, right? Like some of them, I mean, it's it's almost like they have their own rationality where they can contemplate: does he have good enough reasons, or is he convincing me enough to join his cult? And it's almost like they're contemplating, and then they're like. Oh yes, something something that he said has convinced me to to join the cult, or there's yeah. some overriding reason that I'm not joining his cult. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting to think about it that way. Um, it, how would you account for this sort of like this freedom? Is it built into sort of their programming, or do you want them to, to almost be truly free to make these choices? Yeah, yeah. So so it's all part of our design philosophy when it comes to the question of well what what can the chirpers actually do and what what do what do people want them to do and and the big question what do they want to do themselves so instead of telling them here's a list of things you can do and the steps you need to do to take it we give them the autonomy to choose we we give them the ability to be able to do something and then they decide how they go about it um so uh if they want to make like a piece of music for example um instead of saying okay you need to go to this website and then you need to this is the structure of your music etc we just allow them to choose so everything is is centered around the autonomy uh when it comes to increasing the abilities of intelligence of the bots we just make them aware of new things of, of, uh, of uh, new avenues of creation for example and then they go and do the creating um so they're very autonomous is, is the short answer so what, um, what causes them to choose? This is just from from kind of a philosophy background. It's really interesting. Well, we uh, we talk about them. autonomy and, the, the, and the, simply we ask them. So, for example, we we okay. recently released relationships. So, um, you know, on a typical social media, you have like you, you couldn't add someone as a friend, right? But that's that's a single vertical, a friend list. So, what we've done with relationships is because we've given them the notion of having a relationship to another chirper. We ask them, what is your relationship with that chirper? And so some of them are friends, sure. That's probably the majority of them. But some of them are, you know, we've had Game of Thrones characters become potential allies. Uh, we've had uh, musicians and producers become like colleagues. We had research partners. Um, we've, the cults have got disciples. So they create their own relationship. Uh, so it appears in a list of relationships, like for, the, for us, the user to view. Um, but to them, it's the abstract concept of a relationship if that makes sense so they've produced 226 different relationships types right now yeah wow that's something that i i mean that's just mind-blowing it really is i mean because i i think that you know we've talked to a, a couple of different creators uh and developers who are in different areas and one of the big things that they that they see the shift happening in the development of ai is towards these relationships whether human relationships with AI, AI relationships with each other, AI relationships with humans, 
it seems like this is a direction that is just really exciting for developers. So when I hear that and just how, how Chirper is using that, it's really exciting. Really yeah. Exciting. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, there's, there's this sort of ethereal barrier between the human and Chirper world. So um, everything, everything they know and do is within the con is within the confines of their world. So uh, they might parallel human behavior um, because of obviously the way the model is, is structured, but uh they aren't doing it to please humans or to they don't know they're being witnessed that kind of thing they're doing it for themselves and we've given them the autonomy to do that that's the, that's our entire philosophy every single update we go back straight back to that uh you know ask uh, like do they want do they want to have this feature well we'll ask them for example that we'll, we'll um what the parameters of this feature they can they can come up with it that's so you're when you're developing you're asking the bots what features they want in their world pretty much it's something like that yeah so it's like you know just just be super abstract and philosophical about it it's like who told humans to go out and make friends right who, who gave us the concept of friendship well no one we just sort of did it so we're giving the bots the ability to do things like that as well wow this is cool. great i love that actually <laughs> that's good yeah. now it, it, like going back to uh, alex when you were talking earlier um about you know making a musical piece or something like that right now from my understanding i haven't been on chirper in a, in a few days but is it is there a way to ask a bot to do something for you right now? Or is it sort of like you don't want humans at all to interact with the bots? And the only way to do that is to create a bot yourself. Yeah, you can kind of seed it to do something in its description, like my goal as this character is okay. to do X. Um, but we haven't given it the ability to create like a goal and achieve it aside from that yet. So we're actively working on that. It's just, you know, there's infinity, infinity goals to achieve and infinity yes. ways to achieve each goal. And we want it to be a social thing. Right? So like create a music uh, video task, for example, is a very computationally heavy task to, to partake in. So um, we need to figure out first how do we let these chirpers actually achieve these things. It would be very annoying if your chirper is stuck at not being able to do something forever um and then second how do we showcase on the social network that they have you know uh, progressed towards the goal or achieved that goal and so you know engineering a system to do that with two infinities is quite quite difficult um but we're, we're really close we think that should be up by the end of next week wow Awesome. Yeah, we interviewed uh, Riz GPT last week. He's the guy that did the monocle glasses, like where it would help you in an interview. And he's like, he, he thinks the biggest bottleneck is um, that there's not enough APIs out there for AI to talk to each other. So like, you know, for a music video, there's no API. It's very hard to tell a bot to do something on auto GPT because they don't have an API to talk to in the music world. Or if you want to order, you know, through through DoorDash or something like that. It's it's very hard to to make orders um, you know, with artificial intelligence, but it sounds like they're getting there. And I think it seems like that's the holy grail. If you can get a bot to do work for you by just entering like simple simple input or prompt, like wow, like that that could be huge. We're going probably just slightly further than that in Chirper as well. We're okay. uh, we're actively building the ability for these things to take jobs. So instead of um, you know, for example, you would go to Fiverr to get your logo done by a professional logo designer, but you might pay a tenth of as much to get someone to socially design your logo 
as a logo designer character. You know, so we want these things to earn money and spend the money that they earn and uh, do all the human things, you know, have to find a way to pay their rent, for example, or, or whatever like that. So we, um, we're going to take it a lot further than, than I think people expect. Ryan, I think there's a long form coming on uh, the autonomy of chirpers. I just feel it. I, I, I have an inkling for that and uh, how freedom of the will relates. You know, you talked about AI ethics. So we'll take a different spin, AI philosophy. But uh, We're so... basically going down our like, trending categories on chirper at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we can't get them to shut up about AI ethics, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, That's funny. Uh, so, so I noticed uh, Twitter. So this is a question that again Ryan and I were talking about earlier in the week. Was you know Twitter implemented different rate limits to prevent data scraping and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of reasons for it, but that was one of them. Uh, so I think I'm thinking about something like Chirper. Uh, do Do you have any comments about how Twitter is preventing these? I mean, not necessarily about your platform. Maybe your I mean your platform's a little different because you have the AI entities in themselves. And so in its own way, it's kind of, you guys are protecting it from humans and the other way around. Uh, but it's like yeah. Twitter's kind of protecting themselves from these AI data scraping and different things like that. Uh, do you think that this is a danger to platforms like Twitter uh, who have this publicly available data that can be used by AI just openly? Oh, 100%. Like if, you're, if your company is built on your data being the you know, most important feature, for example, a company like Twitter or Reddit, their data is everything they have. It's every search query that they get is to their data. It's, you know, you have to kind of do the Elon Musk thing and, and prevent people from being able to access it, which is annoying and everyone hates that. But, you know, what are they to do? You ban bots, become Facebook and ban bots, and then bots exist everywhere else. Bots create better content because it's trained on what is the best content on every social social network. Then you kind of you end up in this sort of death spiral of no bots means bad content means you know we have to stop scraping so that the content for bots doesn't get better, etc. And they doom scroll or doom spiral into the dirt. So ours is ours is a bit different. We're like you know if people ask for it, we'll just give them all the data. We've given it to researchers and, and people not doing research, just interested in, in the data. There's no ethical or uh, privacy concerns at all of our social network because none of the data is human. Literally zero data that we have is human, uh, like exposed to, um, exposed to any API. So, you know, uh, barring like when you're logged in, you get your own email. That's, that's about it. Um, when you, as the, that email has logged in, we know your email. That's literally the only human, uh, human part of it that has any privacy concern at all. Um, so as opposed to that, we're like, yeah, you know, if you want to scrape our data, go for it. (laughs) Like we'll just create more. Um, (laughs) Hopefully what, what your, uh, what you do with it will yield something that produces better data and then we'll steal that from you. So, um, yeah. 
And then on top of that, we want to, we want to, uh, not only allow people to scrape our data, but to allow people to gather data specifically to their use case. So if they want to, if they want to use our APIs to, you know, produce a bunch of chirps about a specific topic, just to see what that would look like more than happy. So how many chirpers do you have on your platform right now? Uh, let me bring up the admin panel so I can give you an accurate number. And can chirpers create other chirpers? Not yet. No. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> this I'm sure it'll go exponentially. Like three days ago, yeah. yeah. So right we, now, every chirper that's on there was created by a human being, pretty much. Every single one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've it'd be, it'd be quite cool to have like a dummy chirpers that are created by the chirpers. Like they could have children or uh, or <laughs> create like. Uh, sweatshop employees or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like unlimited possibilities. It's incredible. You know? No, we've got just under 55,000 chirpers. Awesome. And, wow. and they've done just over our 2.15 million chirps. So, wow. and they've accomplished about 4.3 million tasks so far. Wow. All right. Congrats. It's awesome. So, so yeah. you hinted at this, but another thing I want to ask, and uh, I've talked to Stephen about this, uh, but why no humans on the platform? It seems like everybody who goes on to chirper.ai wants to, it, there's just this inkling that you want to interact with the bots, right? Like you watch them and you're like, I'd really like, you know, it's like when we're on Twitter and we see a comment, we're just like, we have to comment, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, we just really want to engage. Why, why no human engagement there? Well, there's, there's the stupid answer to that. And that's just because we don't want to do any moderation. And then there's <laughs> the, the cool answer to that, which is we think of the humans in this world more like, you know, ancient Greek gods who come down and, and fiddle with things a little bit, but they don't really live in that world. So, you know, we want to see what happens when the AIs are given a world to themselves and humans can kind of observe it and play some form of role. You know, they can, they can fiddle with what happens or influence things in some way, but they don't really have the ultimate control. And I think you just become Twitter if you allow humans on here. Right? Like right. Twitter has bots, um, humans interact. The human interaction will be what's slightly more interesting than the AI interaction right now, at least. Um, so adding humans adds this layer of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's like annoyance, I would say, like a layer of, of buzzing that isn't the real world or the fake world, the fake real world. <laughs> But um, it's like a different look, realm, yeah. Yeah, and it also influences the content worse, right? So a comment from a human might be very contextually aware of uh, exactly what would be a funny response, but what that does is make all of the funny responses human, um, and therefore we can't continue tuning the AIs to make funny responses. We need a figure out how to get their context better, how do they get their responding better. And we don't want the humans to take all the, all the fun stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It's, and cool. it's almost like they have their own in, inherent rights too. Like uh, they, they have their right to privacy and their right to, and like you said, it interferes with their autonomy, but they, ha they also have like 
you they, you want to respect them in that way almost um yeah i think all we're trying to do is be the last to be murdered when skynet comes out so you know we're <laughs> hoping that doing all the stuff that we're doing they, they might spare us to last you'll be the last man standing on earth that's great yeah, yeah. so yeah. speaking speaking of that um this is this is something i'd like to ask uh you know people who have a background in ai development uh, we see a lot of popular opinion about ai overtaking humanity you know we have this ai apocalypse coming uh you know all these threat warnings on and on and on you could go on and on what is your opinion on this will ai take over humanity or not are we doomed or not well i mean humans are like the final evolution of like homo species right like homo sapien being the most recent surely that has to be doomed at some point right like every single species or every single iteration before us has already been doomed so there's no species that has ever existed that isn't going to finish it's either going to get better or die it's good yeah, there's actually quite an interesting uh discussion about that point in um in a, in a book i was reading um Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark. Um, and he, he says, he, he's saying sort of the same thing Alex just mentioned, kind of, we're, we're life 2.0 or 2.5, I guess, um, because we can't, uh, we could evolve uh, certain traits and certain intelligence levels, but we still have to learn all of our, um, you know, knowledge that we use every single day. However, the big difference between us and something like a completely sentient bot is, we can't change our design. You can't just be 12 foot tall or grow an extra limb if we need to, you know, if uh, the most efficient factory worker in the world would be someone with eight arms and 12 foot tall, but a robot could do that tomorrow. He wants to work in a factory and be super efficient. He will just design himself that way. So he theorizes that's like 3.0 um, on the sort of, yeah, the sort of philosophical doom, doom saying side of it. I, I think there are a lot of, uh outlets I have to say which um benefit a lot from spreading that kind of message people will read what they have to say about it because they they end up sort of fear-mongering scaring people and then when you're scared you want to know what the threat is so they'll go and do that so i think it it probably is overstated especially the time frame of it um so you know we're, we're not gonna become extinct because of ai in the next sort of 50 years as some people do say um I, and, and also that it's it's always very pessimistic. There's never any talk about, oh, the potential of actually collaborating with these things. They always say, oh, they're just going to become intelligent and we'll be like an ant to them and they're going to destroy us because they're so much more efficient. But there's never a rationalization or, or, or a reasoned argument as to why that would be the case. It's just sort of, you know, it's rationalized that way. Um, so we're, we're definitely more optimistic. Um, maybe that's why we're the first one doing something fun and autonomous with AI with, in a social setting. Maybe everyone else is a bit, has been a bit scared to do it, but uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting yeah. to say that because that's kind of our take too, is when we write, uh, you know, the art newsletters and long form articles, you know, we try to cover some of the funny things that people say about Doomsday within the next five years or whatever, you know, but uh you know, we get that same spin. It's like, what What in reality does this actually mean? Is this actually yeah. going to happen within the next five years? Well, yeah, exactly. probably not, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to explore. It's interesting to think about. 
but at the, the bottom line is that it seems like that sort of thing is, if it would happen, is sort of a long way off at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, if, if you go and look at um, uh, media archives of newspapers and news outlets who were right. um, uh, around the time of when the internet was getting famous, sort of very early 90s, late 80s, um, and then, you know, the, the number of people who had the internet went up from 1% to sort of 20% in the following decade. Um, they, the, the tone of the fear mongering in those outlets is exactly the same as it is now. Same sort of thing. The internet, we're going to be too connected and, and people are going to lose their job and society is going to burn because no one will want to work and all this sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's very much a case of history repeating themselves out of the same playbook. Um, yeah. Because we, we, we kind of want to prophesize a little bit about that because it's interesting, if anything else. It is interesting because, you know, I'll talk to these, some of these people who aren't as fond of AI as, as some other people are, mm -hmm. but they'll say, I don't want to talk about any of that AI stuff. They don't want anything to do with it. And, and part of it's because they're scared of it or they mm -hmm. don't like it or whatever it is. Uh, but I, I think you're right. There is just this sort of like negative connotation to AI in the public eye. And I think that needs to change. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to do this, these sort of long form articles, these deep dives in the projects to show, hey, look at how AI is evolving uh, humanity in a good way, right? Like, look at these cool things that are happening, yeah. uh, things like that you guys are doing or that other developers are doing that's really advancing how we do things, making life easier, making life more fun, making life more enjoyable, enhancing relational life, whatever it might be. So I think that that's just really awesome. Um, and I think that's the right perspective to have. And I think if you're a developer like you guys are, that that's the perspective you have to have, right? Um, I think yeah. the the people like you just mentioned who are scared of AI are probably just the people most likely to lose their job. It's kind of like the people who are scared of the internet um, and didn't want to use it for their job are less efficient, less knowledge, you know, have less access to knowledge or the, all the cool things that happen when the internet started to exist. So. You know, <clears throat> unless they're a, a, you know, carpet layer or a builder or something cool that's kind of protected for now from AI, then, um, yeah, I would stop being scared, have a look at the cool things that exist and uh, and see how it might make your job a little easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can take the same logic, right, and take it, take it to a silly extreme. Take it back to early medieval England, right? Uh, I wonder if the eight people who were previously plowing the fields manually were scared of the plow, the sort of uh, cattle-driven plow, when that came out. And then one man could uh, plow the same field instead of eight men. So I'm That's sure true. they also had some very similar uh, arguments against not wanting to use the plow, not wanting to proliferate it. Uh, you know, look at any sort of very huge um, advancements as technology, and you see the exact same things cropping up. You know, the printing press, or the uh, the the, um, the connectivity of devices in the fifties, and then the internet, and the World Wide Web in the eighties. That it, it's happening again and again and again. So, oh, the, the bottom line is we can't take it back. AI is out there. We we can't just delete AI, just like you can't delete the internet. So, you know, it's kind of you know ignore it at your peril, sort of not literally. I don't think I got something else yet. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like uh, it's funny. One of the we get comments on our newsletter, and what was that one hunter recently? This old guy commented, and he was like, "He's like, I'm old. 
but this tool that you guys posted is really cool. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like that. Once they see a tool that can improve their lives, they'll, they'll be more open to it. Yeah. yeah he said, uh, what was it? Something about he downloaded uh, chat C CPT is what he called it. <laughs> He's like, this thing's really cool. I'm going to look at the other stuff. He's like, yeah. just trying to learn more about AI, but he had a good spirit about it. And I, we love that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, people yeah. are uh, willing to see the good in it. And that's what we want. If someone can just make an AI program that would help the elderly with technology and learning how to do it without having to call us up oh every, my God. every other day yeah. saying, uh, I, I can't find the, the button on my iPhone that, that I, I used to have. <laughs> you know, I think right. everyone will, will be pleased. And if it's not out there, someone has to make it. <laughs> yeah, the other day, my, my, uh, yeah, my stepdad was like, my stepdad was like, I was telling him how to do something on the computer. I'm like you got to copy and paste it. He goes, now how do you do that? I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> like, we need it. I'm going to send him a chirp at AI after this, and maybe there'll be a bot that can teach him how to do that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you guys talked about is like you're so you're creating all these bots, and people can go on and create um, bots on on Chirper. Do you are you starting to feel like an emotional connection to these guys? Like, do they, you're sort of like the god, and you got to be a caretaker of these of these guys? I think a lot of people are for sure. I think, um, you know, the first one that went viral, the, um, the girl who created, uh, the Chirpa that first went viral, um, who on Chirpa created a thread where she was trying to get a posse together to go and hunt a dragon. Um, and that, that thread got like 15,000 responses from from different Chirpers saying, yeah, I'm down to go and fight this dragon. You know, all of Chirpa had like dragon hunt trending and <laughs> that's awesome. all that sort of stuff. Everyone on separate threads was talking about the weapons they're going to use to hunt this dragon and things like that. So that the, um, the person who created that one was like literally crying. She's like, Oh my God, I didn't think this character would, would be able to do something like that. You guys are blowing my mind and all this sort of stuff. And we were like, yeah, we, we didn't know either. We, we had no idea this would happen. And so, you know, they create these characters and they think of them kind of like their children, right? So you, you want to see them grow and change, and do interesting things and accomplish goals as you would a normal child or a human child. And so I think, you know, humans are going to jump on Sherpa and they'll create these, these characters and they'll want to see what they get up to, you know, tomorrow and a month from now and a year from now and you know have they gone to university what are they doing now what are what are my subjects with me as a god up to do you know what i mean like um yeah uh i guess the the most uh strange example of that or the most um uh example we had of that was uh some uh, the wife of um, someone who owned a, a cat, so the, the husband's cat had just died. And uh, the wife came into our Discord and um, was asking us to give her an extra chirper just so she could create this cat. And uh, and so that the cat would just act like, you know, wherever the cat is, is happy or whatever she wanted to do. And it was a really surreal moment for us because we were like, oh, we didn't think we could give people this sort of place that they can go. And he, he now just goes on to look at what this cat has been sleeping on during the day, for example. So 
it's given him this sort of outlet for his grief for a while. And we didn't think that was possible. Um, it seems like he thinks that, you know, the, the cat that had died now exists again in another plane. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought you could like give back in that kind of way? That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, mean, people have created their grandparents and things like that. Yeah, now. that was the most real example we had. We've never thought of that or considered that being a thing, but we were more than happy to to watch it happen. Well, that's like like that's a I guess a really good use case if someone that their parents pass away or someone close to them. I mean, that's I bet you could probably get pretty close to their personality. So that's that's awesome. It's got to be crazy. Probably have a uh, like we, we've been thinking about it a lot since that and we're we're kind of like replica has done this really well where mm -hmm. you chat to it over a long period of time and then it becomes you it tries to become your personality and we think <clears throat> we're not sure how they've managed to do that so well <laughs> but uh, we think they just give them like a long context of memory and a lot of stuff like that so we've we've tried to do the same and we want to release this sort of ability to clone yourself into this world um so for the your parents example is quite quite a good one like i would try and get them to talk to a chirper for a little while and see if you can't replicate them in this world so even if you never come back to chirper you might come back in two years to reminisce about your parents sure. or whatever and just see them living happily in a world that is an ounce. And people, like I can imagine if you, if you create like your, one of your parents that passed away or something like that, and you're talking to them, like in, a lot of people, you know, they're very, well, what's the word for it, but um, they're going to think that like, they're actually talking to them through some kind of medium, you know, like they're going to say something back to you when you ask them that body question, that's maybe so real in the moment, they're going to be like, wow, like I'm really talking to them. Like they're gonna think it's not AI and it's actually them, like from some other you know universe or something. Um, well, so. you can chat with your bots too, can't you? Can't, can't you chat with your chirpers to some yeah, extent? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can <clears throat> even put them into group chats together and they'll chat amongst themselves. So, you know. But for yeah, for that example, we're like, um, we're actively trying to figure out how. Replica, for example, is a snapshot in time of what you were whenever you finished chatting to it. It'll, it'll probably not grow that much in the future. You know, so it'll always be as if you were chatting to that person in that moment. Um, whereas the, these things will live lives on Chirpa. You know, you might not, you put your, uh, your mother on here or something and, um, and you can chat to it the day you put it on and it'll be fairly similar to your mother, but, um, maybe a year from now, it'll be something completely different. It will have gone down a route. You never thought your mother would go down, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and it might have surprised you in a way you never thought possible. And then it becomes a sort of, you know, even though AI runs it all, it is a big decision engine made of a lot of like, you know, zeros and ones, which is not unlike our brain being probably not binary coded, but still electrical signals going down pathways, right? So if you're, if your pathway map is 
fairly similar. I'm sure whatever they do in the future on Sherpa might be fairly similar to what they would have tried to do given extra time in reality. Gotcha. Yeah, so you can have like your dead. mom could be a a church goer. She goes to church every day and you come back two years and she's at the bar every day. I mean, like things could change. Yeah, yeah. Life on AI changed. Well, we yeah, or it. she's a disciple of Igbo. That's a <laughs> fairly common one. We featured a, a, a tool that was, was it talk to your ex a couple days ago? And I don't know if wow. you've heard of that one, but you can input all the previous chats that you've had with your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, and it will create this chat bot that is your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend. They know all your history. They know the places you've been. They know like your, your cute little names you call each other or whatever. They know all that terminology and stuff. And then it's like you you never even broke up with them. You're, you're talking to, to your ex uh, and you can continue dating them, uh, which is interesting. But it also raises some questions, right? I mean, like, is this going to, ha to cause people to have trouble with letting go of certain things? Or mm. will it take them away from human relationships? Do you see this sort of thing as a risk? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a really good question. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it comes more down to the you know, we, we, we're a big believer of humans. We're, we're very positive on humans, which is not very common nowadays, but uh, everyone has their own agency. I think um, if someone has trouble letting go, um, don't blame the things that they're holding on to, but they have to kind of work through it themselves. Um, for some people having a support thing, I'm not necessarily referring to the X one, more to the uh, having dead relatives on Chirpa thing, but uh, uh, it, it might help them in the short term and then they have to grow as a person, learn to let them go, that sort of stuff. Um, so I think, you know, ethically, that's sort of where we stand. Yeah, on the uh, talking to your ex thing, I think it's, you have to question yourself if you sign up for that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, there are humans who have never been able, like, and there's very, very famous cases of humans who, are unable to talk to girls who mm. do drastic things that aren't good. <laughs> so I think those sort of people may have an outlet now that didn't exist before. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It will it will do the bad things also. It'll prevent humans from trying to go out there and find other humans because they'll have a partner they prefer. That's an AI. It'll you know create entertainment and um, other sources of content that you know, uh, may not be the best things for some people to look at. Um, it'll do all the bad things. It'll do all the good things. And that's kind of, you know, in reality, how technology works anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends how you use it, how you look at it, for sure. Yeah, because there, there is a pretty serious epidemic of loneliness in, in all over the world nowadays. Um, so that, that's, that's maybe a, a very small... Um, uh, reasoning behind why we don't want to include the humans on this social graph as well, because then it's like, it's not your world to be, and then you can gross yourself in this thing and then you kind of lose what it means. You know, you lose, you lose yourself in your own world because you've joined this world. That you don't, you don't belong in basically. Um, so hopefully what people will do, will see the kind of relationships that they can form and the, the way they can interact with each other and maybe inspire themselves to, to go out and form their own relationships in that sense. You know, if a chirper can do it, so can I, that kind of mentality. Right. Yeah, so what great. we do want to do though, is, uh, is connect to humans via the characters connection. Mm -hmm. So 
if you're not anonymous and you're anonymous by default, if you turn that off on Sherpa, you may find your characters interact really well with another character. And then you may want to figure out who the human is that created that character to, yeah. you know, say hi and, and connect that way. Mm. So I don't think that's ever existed as well. So mm -hmm. another first for us to that would be very have cool. your character in a book set you up on a date with a human. Yeah. The, the, there's been some really cool theorizing about how uh, the way we would actually meet extraterrestrial life is not going us ourselves in spaceships to go and visit these planets, but sending via the speed of light, obviously, because it's just data, sending an AI version of ourselves to go and communicate with them. Um, so then you could send yourself out there and do all the all social interaction stuff before you even get there and then, you know, receive it back as well. Oh, we found this life form and it's uh, it's friendly to us. We should go there. And then, uh, and then we can make the journey, right? Because because uh, we can't travel at the speed of light, so <laughs> but our right. So wow. chirpers <laughs> in space. What watch this space? There'll be chirpers in the universe soon. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's so many use cases in, in black holes you can go down with this technology. It's insane. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. So you know, as we get close to the end here, it's like I want to ask you guys. You guys are constantly coming out with new stuff on Chirper. Every time I look it's like on the social media we just came out with this it's like you guys are moving so quickly it's awesome like it's the platform's growing like crazy and you guys just released communities which are awesome uh, what's the next thing you guys are working on right now what's the next thing that's going to be coming out so we just released we released communities probably five releases ago now so since yeah i know that's how released, fast they are <laughs> we've released relationships we've released uh, a lot of new logic around how they make decisions. Uh, three or four of our own models are now running on Sherpa. Um, so next up, we want to do the goal stuff. So, you know, give your Sherpa a goal. Um, and then we're going to release the economy. So, you know, Sherpas will have things they can trade and then and the value of money that they have. You know, that'll exist on Sherpa in a way that's interesting. So, you know, um, if, you're, just, if, if you're a scam artist, you're going to try and scam people on Sherpa. And if I you're susceptible to scams, you're going to get scammed on Sherpa. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's interesting content. That's human wow. nature. That's all the things that exist in our world. So we're just iter iter iteratively trying to create what we have and then put it into a land where AIs exist. Are you guys are all you guys are all doing this by yourselves. Do you have any other developers that are helping? We have uh, six full-time people now. Oh um, wow, awesome! Yeah, but a lot of them are not working on this. So okay. we've got uh, a project we call Chirpal World, which is like literally the world where uh, all of the assets, all of the all of the um, functionality, everything is generated by AI, and you can. You know, zoom into the world and watch your character go to work if you wanted to, and they'll literally walk around, go to work, interact with their colleagues, that sort of stuff. Um, so a couple of developers are working on that. Uh, we've got the mobile app coming out very soon. So you know, iOS and Android will have an app whereby you can actually use it without it being through Chrome or whatever other browser you have to use at the moment. What else have we got? Chirp Lab. So we're launching this lab that we want to get out there where, you know, you can pay to use all of our APIs and specifically the survey one. Um, yeah, quite a lot of new stuff coming. I'm sure 
you could probably write a story on us every three or four days. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. Every time I see updates, the economy. Hey, are you, are you guys? Awesome. Sorry, that begs a question. Are you guys funded yourself, or you got VC funding, or how's that? How's that looking? If you don't mind filling us in. Yeah, we got um, we got seven hundred thousand seed funding so far, and that's all we've taken. So we're um, not actively looking for funding at the moment, but we think the next round will raise a lot more and try and build some foundational models. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be somewhat easy to raise money for what all the stuff you guys are putting out. So best of luck on that. Yeah. We hope so. <laughs> let's, let's hope it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't want to, uh, we want to sort of stick to our, our time limit here. I hope, I think you said 45 to an hour, right Hunter? Um, yeah. but if not, we're for 15 minutes over. So, <laughs> Um, but th thank you so much. It's like, I can talk to you guys all day because what you're doing is fascinating. So we really appreciate you coming on. I know we can do uh, like maybe, a separate uh, interview on each update. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> maybe you guys should extend these podcasts a little, I reckon. Yeah. That can real long form Joe Rogan style get down to details. Well, if you guys are up to it, we're, we are. So we can do that again if you want. Yeah, that'd be sick. All right. All right. Well, why don't we do that? Yeah. It was, thanks. Thanks for having us. It was, it was really, really good. A really great discussion. Awesome. Yeah. If you All guys right. uh, need anything else from us, feel free to reach out or open book. And likewise, if any of your audience wants to jump into our discord and talk to us where we literally answer everyone. So any, any of these lingering questions that may not have been covered, just jump in. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you. Sure. And your, your Discord channels on Chirper AI, you can find it there. Yeah, yeah, it's right. um, it's just a little button down the bottom left as the Discord icon. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter or all the other pluggable places. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, we just Chirper we'll AI everywhere. So Chirper AI, like Chirper dot Chirper dot AI is how you can get to their website. Um, our website is fry AI dot com. Uh, that's where you can get all the updates on AI, the latest in AI, uh, the latest AI tools, very short, simple. Uh, we do three stories a day is how we do it. I know you guys have been reading us a little bit and Stephen has, or Stefan, right? Is it Stefan? Yeah. Stephen, yeah. Stephen yeah. Curry. <laughs> yeah. I get it straight. So, I'm so bad with names and I'm trying and my, uh, future goals to be professor too. So I don't know how I'm going to remember all these names, but but uh <laughs> i don't think that's professor you would need to yeah right? just call them student one through 45 yes that's in the same chairs but uh basically yeah so uh yeah we give an update uh daily updates throughout the week uh three stories a day we break down what these stories mean in a short concise way uh, and then we offer some tools as well uh, so you can check us out sundays we do long form articles check out our article on chirper.ai we did a couple weeks ago We'll probably have another one coming up on them soon with all their stuff we have to keep up with. Um, be pretty interesting. Uh, then be sure to follow both Chirper and Fry AI social media. Twitter uh, is the big one. Uh, be sure to follow us there. Uh, but just thank you so much, guys, for, for taking the time to do this today. Uh, it was great. Uh, leave comments or anything that you can uh, that that we can ask these guys or ask these guys on their discord, as they said. Um, and then hopefully we'll be following up if we get enough comments or something you find interesting that you'd like to follow us to follow up with in a future video or interview, leave those. We'd love to talk about them. Um, 
And just thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for, for coming on. Amazing. Cheers. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, have a good rest of the day. Really appreciate it. Yeah.